0: I swear we recorded this episode way before GP Miami happened. Hello, good evening and welcome to episode 101 of Horde of Notions. I'm your host, Chris. With me tonight, two of the regular hosts. First of all, it's Will. If
1: you're putting a profile picture on Tinder, you should try and make sure you're the only one or if there's multiple people, you should specify exactly who you Oh are. my Otherwise, god. Otherwise, just completely unfair. Or
0: that you're not in your wedding dress or you're not making out with some guy or you're not surrounded by men. Yes, absolutely.
1: Yes. Those are some of my other people. Oh points. my god.
0: Also with us is Travis, who hasn't used Tinder except for the start buyers in order to power his electricity.
2: That is correct. What is Tinder?
0: It's a dating <laughs> app.
2: So it's like eHarmony?
0: No, it's an app on your phone where you swipe left if you want to bang them. No, you swipe right if you want to bang them, and then you swipe left if you would prefer Will to bang them.
1: Although now you need to watch out as to how many times you swipe, otherwise you'll have to start paying for it. Yeah. They updated it.
0: That's not happening. Anyway!
1: Right. Well, I, before you start, Chris, and go off on a tangent that is just gonna put me to sleep, uh, I've actually started an online petition that I think we should discuss. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Travis has, uh, twin actually, he has three kids at home. He has twins and another baby, which is why he always sounds half asleep, because they can take all his attention. Anyways, Travis completely punted when it came to naming them, so I've started an online petition that I think which should be very successful. Uh, it's to rename his twins, one to Pestermite and the other one to the <laughs> That way we can start calling them the Splinter Twins. <laughs> and when his youngest daughter gets older, we're going to start giving her mirrors so that she can break them.
2: <laughs> That's funny. Do you even know my kid's name?
1: Um, uh, yes. Do you really want me to say it on a podcast?
0: No, but I'm just wondering if you do. I know okay. at least one of them.
1: I don't know what the younger one's called. I assume it's just Kiki.
0: No, it's a convention and conference and uh, grand. Eh.
1: Anyways, so from now on, we're calling your kids the Splinters ones.
0: Nice. <laughs> just don't call his wife the birthing punk.
1: Yeah, she may not like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay, so this week we're going to go back to something we haven't done in a long time. We're going to brew, and we're going to brew with a specific card. What card are we brewing with, Travis? Mastery of the Unseen. Well, yeah, I had to ask you, because much like John Cena, I couldn't see it.
1: I have a question for you. Could you explain to, let's say not me, but the folks at home who don't know what brewing is, can you explain what that is?
0: Uh, it's when you try and build a deck that isn't Jund.
1: I don't understand what you're trying to get at. <laughs> like, how, how do you have a deck that isn't Jund? Uh, uh, well, you, so you try to win the tournament.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> not lose in top eight.
1: <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Top four. If you're going to troll me, get your facts straight.
0: Uh, top four, I believe, is part of the top eight. Arse clown.
1: Uh, no, it's completely different. If you'd ever been to a top 8, you'd know about that.
0: Uh, I have won exactly as many PTQs as you have.
1: Yes, but have you ever been in a top 8 of one? Uh, not judging.
0: Uh, no. I have played <laughs> as many PTQs as probably Travis has, lifetime, in the last year. <laughs> I That's- was about that. Why does Facebook
1: tell me that people decline stuff? Like, what is the point of that?
0: Yeah, stop trying to friend hot chicks, dude. It's creepy.
1: <laughs> no, for events. Anyways.
0: So, Mastery of the Unseen. For a white and one colorless is an enchantment. It's from Fate Reforged. It's unbeatable and limited. Well, close to it. And uh, for four mana, a white and three, you can manifest a top card of your library. And whenever you turn a creature face up, you gain life equal to the number of creatures you control. Did I miss anything? Uh...
1: Probably. Like what? I don't know. What were we talking about again?
2: Mastery of the
0: Unseen. Oh.
1: Isn't it better if we don't see it?
0: Like, better if we don't hear from you. Shut up. Fine. Anyway... Uh, this card, I think, has applications across at least Standard and Modern, and possibly Legacy. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, let's start with Standard. Any of you got anything uh, in particular that you want to do with this?
1: Yes. Put in the sideboard of any deck that plays white so that Control can never win. This is true.
0: Why can't Control ever win?
1: How does it beat that card?
0: Um, uh um, and Drown Sorrow?
1: No. One, if you're playing, let's say you're playing Abzan, and you bring that in in the board, they're not bringing in Drown and Sorrow, and, sure, you have, like, one dude that blocks stuff. Like, see, most of the thing, like, Ugin kinda put, uh, the control decks, like, over the top in the sense that it has kind of this massive board wipe, and Mastery of the Unseen just doesn't care about Ugin. So you can just be, like, making, terrible little tutus that, you know, don't even have to be creatures, don't even need to flip them up. 3 mana for a 2-2 is actually very reasonable against a control deck like that.
0: I
2: mean, I feel like... 4 mana. What
0: do you mean 4 mana? Never mind, I misunderstood you. Go uh, ahead. Yeah, you have to pay 4 mana to make a tutu every turn.
1: What? Yes. That card is terrible. <laughs> let, me, let me open it up. Seriously? <laughs> How does that make any sense? Mastery of the oh, Unseen. There we go.
0: How does that make any sense? Morph costs 3. It's not a morph, it's a manifest, you dog. Oh my
2: god, that thing costs 4? Yeah. Yep, so it's 6 mana before you get anything.
1: Ugh, right, but against
0: geez. control, that's not a problem. Oh man. You drop it on the turn Ugin, 2. The Ugin-like
1: pack is sweet, though.
0: You, you just drop it on turn 2 and then you don't do anything. Also, never mind,
1: never mind that, the alternate art on this is sweet. It has Ugin in it.
0: Yeah. Also, Ugin just 2s and gets rid of Mastery of the Unseen.
1: Sure, but you sell a bunch of tutus running around.
0: The other thing it does, uh, like, Control, I believe, can easily adapt just by going back to a, some number of Perilous Vault.
2: I'd forgotten about Perilous Vault.
0: I think a lot of people have, otherwise Master of the Unseen wouldn't be uh, considered the answer-all for Control decks. I do wow. think it's good.
1: Ugin is $200.
0: No, the promo Ugin is. It's the same thing. No. Yeah, people were,
2: were scrambling to sell thing for like 60 and 70 when it first came out
0: jeez
1: stupid people <laughs> go on
0: but yeah so yeah, putting it in the sideboard against control I think is, is definitely a good answer especially since you can just hold it until they're running low on removal and sweepers or not even removal just sweepers and then you, you go hey look what I found this is true I, have you read Sam Black's article about it I have not uh, I
2: think it came out today. He wants to put it in green white um, devotion. That way you can generate a crap ton of mana with the green devotion part, and then pump out all the dudes.
0: Well, the, the stopping point there is going to be actual the actual white mana, right?
2: Well, I mean, you can still generate white mana with it too. Even if you're just activating it a couple times a turn, it yeah. still
0: gets out of hand very quickly. Especially with Whisperwood Elemental likely doing the same thing. I want to try it in Soul Sisters in Modern. Okay, well, let's talk about that. Why is that good? I don't know if it would be. That's why I want to test it. Well, what's your thinking well,
2: A four-mana activated ability is really slow in Modern, but Soul Sisters are the deck that can usually get you into that really slow phase of the game. Um, just the ability to generate extra creatures. I mean, if you need to flip them over, if you're flipping over the the 1-1 guys, it's only going to cost one mana. Flip over Modern Sand zone, it cost one. Um, it can do some surprise combat tricks.
0: I don't know. I, I think it also has the ability... like You're gaining life off the flip-up ability. Also, the weakest matchup for Soul Sisters for the longest time has been the blue-white-red control decks, right? Really? Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, I just got stomped by one earlier tonight, so I could see that.
0: Electrolyze, Anger of the Gods, Bolt... Like it, It's just a terrible matchup. Their entire deck is built to kill small creatures, and oh look, your entire deck is small creatures.
1: But don't what you place s- the stupid Oriok right Champion...
0: Yes, yes you do You know what that dies too? Path to Exile Like their entire deck is removal and snapcaster.
1: Um That doesn't die to Path to Exile
0: Okay, it gets exiled by Path to Exile You smartass Why did that, Why did we ever pass you for level 2? Uh,
1: because clearly I have acute rules knowledge As <laughs> has just been demonstrated
2: You don't have acute anything He is very good at greasing palms
0: <laughs> That's not grease <laughs>
1: That is untrue <laughs> In fact, there are probably more L2s that want me demoted than are happy about me being L2.
0: Subscribe. Anyway, the, um... Yeah, the, the, the Soul Sisters deck, the problem it has is staying power. The the only real way you can beat control is to get lucky with an early Serra uh, Ascendant, or to hit Mark of Asylum before they start drawing their burn.
2: Uh, Johnny's probably can get out of hand very quickly, too.
0: Yeah, they only have so many paths, I guess, but... The thing is, if you are playing Tra- Mastery of the Unseen, it's something that they're not likely to be able to remove. They're probably not bringing in wear and tear against you. I mean, what is the deck run that would make them bring it in? Uh, some run unruined halo. Right, well, that's not Soul Sisters, though. That's more like mono-white enchantment prison control. No, well,
2: some, some Soul Sisters will bring Runed halo in from the side.
0: Right, but if you're playing, you're playing mastery main, right, in Soul Sisters. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if they see it game one, they're obviously bringing in, where tear game two.
2: I mean, even the last game part of it can be really big.
0: Yeah, well, that's the and whole Soul Sisters of it. is really
2: big, about like, having five or six little dudes on the board at a time.
0: Yeah. Uh, it also, like you said, can have the ability to turn stuff up because you're, you're turning stuff up pretty cheaply. Uh, turning up a Burnt and Forge tender and sacking it if you play that instead of Mark of Asylum, that seems really amusing.
2: I want to turn up Archangel of Thune.
0: Why are we playing Archangel of Thune? In Soul Sisters? Yeah. Because it's awesome? No.
2: Yes, it is. Do you know what it's like to cast that thing with two Soul Wardens on the board?
0: Um, it's and quite look, my good. team, it's huge. It, it is good, but it's five mana, dude. Like,. We didn't play Baneslayer. And this before. is a deck that gets way up there. Mm. I guess
2: it has been very good in testing.
0: What are you testing against?
2: I just played Bogles, Blue White, and Absin.
0: What do you think? Well,
1: why are we talking about playing terrible Soul Sister non John decks? Also, I thought Travis hated Modern because it can he can no longer play Berthic Pod. Also, I thought Mastery of the Scene was standard playable.
0: It is. It's also Modern playable. We're talking about Modern right now.
1: Oh, also I'm looking at a picture of a squirrel that just stole a chicken nugget. Stupid squirrels.
0: They have been known to do that. Anyway, now that your inane rambling is over, what do you think about the deck of the card in Soul Sisters?
1: I'm confused as to like what the point is Isn't the point of Soul Sisters to have a bunch of Cheap creatures That can be relatively put out While gaining you a bunch of life I feel like Mastery of the Unseen just kind of Like it's a mana sink In a deck that isn't Isn't a mana sink deck And that may
2: be what it is
0: I don't know about that though
2: My problem is I can see the good scenarios But I can't see the times it's going to sit there And you're like oh look
1: well, so, like, you definitely don't want it main deck, right? Now, I, I again, I've never played Soul Sisters, but if you're telling me that Soul Sisters has a bad matchup against Blue-Eyed Red Control, then I can certainly see bringing in a card like Mastery of the Unseen against Blue-Eyed Red Control, one, because uh, it's going to go long, the game's going to go long, at which point you're going to have a bunch of lands to sink your mana into, and, I mean, if it's a bad matchup because your creatures are too small, then... Being able to put down a, a 2 mana enchantment that is probably harder for them to remove, since they didn't bring really bring like Soul Sisters plays nothing that is actually enchantments or artifacts main deck, so oh, there's no some, reason to some actually. Some play bring
0: O-ring, in. but you're not going to bring O-ring in against blue, white, red. So
1: yeah, and so you don't need a reason to destroy it. So I mean, you basically can kind of gain a grind free value without worry of them getting rid of it, short of like Cryptic Command bounce.
0: Yeah, and. Then they have to have another cryptic command on the way back down.
1: Right. So, I mean, I, like, again, this is obviously going on what you guys are telling me for the matchup being bad, because I've never played Soul Sisters in my life. But if it is against Blood Red, Red, then I think it's a fine sideboard card. I think the only problem is that, like, modern is very much a format that comes down to relying a little heavily on your sideboard cards. So, you definitely need. Uh, uh, two, if not three copies of it, if you really want against Blue White Red, which then you fall into the kind of trap of, well, am I going to play Blue at Red enough that it's worthwhile? And are there cards that are worth cutting that, you know, are going to want, I'm going to want, uh, nowhere else? Cause otherwise, I mean, I guess it's against like the Liliana deck, so Jund and Abzan it's fine. But not more than that, I don't really think there's any other decks in Modern you really wanted against.
0: Uh, that's possible. I mean, the Gerard Fabiano Saltai Card Zion deck that is probably going to be Zion decks? <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's what he won the uh, SCG with, right? Like, he just
2: grabbed a pile of cards off his desk and said, let's do this?
0: Basically, that's what he was calling it. But anything that's more controlling and looks to drag the game out and is heavily stocked on removal is a problem. Uh, You don't want to be playing against Damnation or Wrath of God or Anger of the Gods. All of these cards are starting to see less play because they're not really effective against Twin, or Infect for that matter. But if those decks do see a resurgence, or if those cards see a resurgence, I definitely see Mark of the Unseen or Mystery of the Unseen being more powerful Uh, In the sideboard, I still think it's worth running. Uh, I wish there were more of a way to abuse it instead of just make it be good. You know, like possibly hitting something off the top that you really don't want to get counted. Like all of our stuff is one mana and it's basically the same card. Yeah,
2: I I mean, I just keep coming back to that four activation cost. If we could some, if that was some way, if it was two, it'd be broken. Exactly. So
1: it was a 3, which is what it should be, and I'm confused as to why it's
0: 4. It's 4 because it's fine at 4. Uh, you're not um, you're, you're never spending your entire turn doing this. You're you're holding the mana up all turn and then end of turn you're making a 2 2. There's a guy locally who has been playing blue white control and Master of the Unseen is one of his wincombs.
1: And what deck? Blue white
0: control. Something
1: like um, mobilization.
0: I'm pretty sure the only
1: win co- acceptable wincon in Blue white control is Jace Architect of Thought and Remercole.
0: Um neither of which is playable in standard. I was talking about standard.
1: Oh. Well then Lottie da he must be really happy about a few cards that were spoiled in the past few days.
0: Which we will get to when the entire set is known.
1: Well that's why I didn't call them.
0: I'm sure or you didn't say what they are. That's nice. Settle down well. So that, yeah, uh, I mean, that
2: that was a command, Will. You need to settle down. <laughs> he chose to tell you to settle down with his command. Uh,
0: I nah settle down. Nah settle down. Anyway. Soul Sisters is one possibility. Of course, that nonsense you were talking about with Aether Mage's touch seems possible too, Travis.
2: Yeah. Obviously, yeah.
0: And it, it, that's a way to Ooh. avoid counter spells. Like, once, once Mastery of the Unseen is down, you have an uncounterable 2-2 every turn, if you want it.
2: I mean, maybe it, maybe you want to run it in something like a, a shell with, like a Naya shell with something like Domri, where you can see what's on top of your library before doing it. or And um, cursor crucifix. And then try to put, like, uh, some of the honey creatures on top of your library or something so that you can get those bad boys without the the yeah, drawback.
0: Yeah. Uh, the thing is with Domri, if you're revealing the cards, you probably just want to draw it, don't you?
2: Well, if, you do, if you're revealing it, you are drawing it. But if you look and it's like a land that you can't draw, you just turn it into a 2-2. Yeah,
0: I guess you could do that. Except you'd rather be manifesting creatures. It's debatable.
2: I mean, yes, on one hand you want to, because you want to be able to do the surprise flip, but on the other hand, I mean, if you're stalling and you'd you'd rather have a creature that will draw another land, it's good to be able to turn that land into a creature.
0: That's true, too, yeah. And then you don't really care if it gets killed. That's the kind of weird thing about playing with manifest, is when you turn something face down that's a land or a spell that would be dead at that point of the game you kind of don't care as much about it dying as you would if it were a morph or something that you actually wanted to flip face up at some point point. and I think that might be the wrong way to look at it Why? Well, it's still a creature, it's still something you've invested resources in, right? I mean, a 2-2 isn't impressive on most boards, but if the card isn't making anything impressive, why are you playing it? So, what we, we can that pro-
2: much to our chagrin?
0: Yeah. We can probably move on to Legacy, right? Or to, yes. s- to Standard, I okay, mean? Yes, I,
2: I want to hear this this thrilling idea you have to use this in
0: Legacy. Let's move on to Standard first. <gasps> okay. So in Standard, I think what we can do here is put this uh, in a sort of a Bant shell. Maybe this will be the only white card. Maybe sp- the other white card could be uh, Master of Pearls. Which seems really good if you're flooding the board with tutus. But my plan, and it's a secret plan, is to run it with Trail of Mystery and um, secret plans. And also things like Sagamola, Ice Feather Avon, Master of Pearls, Hooded Hydra, maybe Kiru Spell Snatcher, maybe Thousand Winds. And uh, see how that works. Corsair Crufix probably belongs in this deck. The thing is, with Trail of Mystery, you need to be running some basics, so I don't really want to go too heavy on the double mana symbols.
2: Oh, so you're going all in on the, uh, the morph manifest theme, then?
0: Well, I want to make sure I'm getting value. Like, Ice Feather Raven is just a value creature if you can turn it face up for green-blue. Hooded Hydra is ridiculous if you're getting a, paying GG to turn it up as a 5-5. Oh, we're playing Wild Wildcall in this deck as well, by the way.
1: Well, that's the Manifest X, right? Yeah.
2: I mean, at this point, you've got so many Manifest uh-uh. cards. I mean, what are you going to have for creatures?
0: Well, this is the problem, is finding the balance, right? So, Corsair crucifix Hooded Hydra, Ice Feather Aven, Saga Mola, Master of Pearls, possibly Kara Spell Snatcher.
2: Mm-hmm. I'll have to look up some of those cards.
0: <laughs> if you drafted so, ever, you'd know all of no, them. I have... Yeah, right? I
1: have been a limited person this year. Is is blue really superior
0: to red though? In terms of morph and, and well, I,
1: I mean, like you get sure you get ice feather aven and you get spell snatcher and you get thousand wins, but I mean, one they're obviously much more expensive to flip up. Two, it's potentially marginal effects, all depending on the decks or whatnot. There, I don't really want to be ice feather avening a, a siege rhino, like.
0: Well, what does, what does red get you?
1: Stormbreath Dragon.
0: That could be a good surprise. I mean, it is double red to flip it, though.
1: It is but I mean, if you're playing, if you're playing a deck that is Naya has access to you know certain uh, rampish uh, cards there that so that's why it's more. Less kinda like going on, oh, this like actually flips up and has an ability and more kinda just creatures that kick butt, I guess you could say. Cause obviously like if you're going for kind of power on an effect, uh, Master Pearls and Hooded Hydra are definitely kinda 1-2 yeah. for manifests. Yeah, I agree. Because, I mean, Hooded Hydra is a 5-5 for 2 mana. And master of pearls gives plus two plus two for two mana, which is a pretty good rate.
0: Yeah, the well, the thing is, like red is—I uh... I don't know—if if if there were good creatures in red or even in red green or red white that you could flip easily, I'd be more. We need more Boros Reckoner. Huh? We need Boros Reckoner. Oof. Maybe. Maybe.
1: I mean, you could bring in... Like, you play something like uh, Xenagos the Reveler, which would just, you know, give you tons of mana to go with all your manifests.
0: Yeah, but I don't really think we want to be playing that and then manifesting it by mistake.
1: I mean, you're playing white, so you probably want to stick an Elspeth in there, too.
0: Nah. Like the thing is, we, we, if we take out blue, we, d- we lose Sagumala, which is a huge reason to be playing blue.
1: Thank you, Josh Malamish.
0: Uh, wow. That's ouch. <laughs> you just insulted Christopher. That, that, are you suggesting that Sagumala is a bad card? Because I'm going to have your head checked.
1: Uh, does it die to Wrath? Yes. Does it get blocked by Silumgar? Yes.
0: Does it die to Selimgar?
1: No. Everything dies to Selimgar. Including Tassigur.
0: I think you're wrong. I think it's it's a very good card. 6-6 Trample Hexproof. There's not many decks that can deal with it.
1: Uh...
0: Oh god, I'm so stupid. How are we not playing Whisperwood Elemental in this deck?
1: Uh, I thought you had already meant. I'm pretty sure that was kind of like an auto include. I think if you're playing green, dirtle creatures, that automatically goes in the deck.
0: Yeah. I'm sure you had mentioned it. Okay, good. Did you not mention it? I mean, yes, let's pretend I did. Uh, I think maybe thinking about it, secret plans could be a one or a two of. I don't see us needing to draw many cards.
2: Mm, I would say no more than two of for sure. It's one of those cards that unless you get the support for it, it absolutely blows. So,
0: and also, every time we manifest, we're essentially drawing the card anyway. Is Secret Plans better than Trail of Mystery?
1: All oh, right, we're manifesting, not Morphic. Never mind.
0: Doesn't matter. They both trigger on turning face up.
1: Oh no! But I meant like getting the extra land for casting.
0: Also works. Also works with tra- with manifest.
1: But does Trail of Mystery say when I? Face down card comes into play? Yep. Let me just double check this to make sure Chris is not wrong. Uh whenever a face down creature enters the battlefield under your control. Fair enough. I like it.
0: Yeah, I think I think Trail is definitely better than Secret Plans in this deck. And it could be that we play Secret Plans out of the board because Drown and Sorrow is a real card. Sure.
1: It is. Including I played three main deck and a PPTQ, because KYT lent me a deck and did an unside board, and I'm apparently not very smart.
0: Oh, so did you lose in the top four?
1: I did, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and, and actually, what's, what's really bad about wow. that is the entire day I played decks that Drown and Sorrow were terrible against, and I won game one, And the only match that I lost game one Was against this one Where Drown and Sorrow was amazing Red-white? Yeah
0: Yeah, I hate that deck so much
1: Yeah So you're saying I need to get
2: back into standard?
1: Um, I thought you already played standard Considering that your two favorite decks Were either banned or dominating the tournament so much That it was no longer fun for you to play
2: Well that's the thing I've been trying
1: to come up with a new favorite deck no. I'm pretty sure your new favorite deck is named after your kids.
0: To be fair, well, we did just have an entire discussion about a modern deck and not once did Travis try and include Aurelia's Fury.
1: That is a good point. It was even a
0: white deck at that. And I mean, some versions of Soul Sisters are even splashing red for Purphoros and Narren. So I you was know. saying Narren. Yes, Norin the Wary. Yeah. How have you never seen this deck before?
1: No, no, I, I've I've seen it. My uh, my chagrin was to the mention of Noran the
0: Weary. <laughs> that card is so funny. So so bad. Just so bad. Oh, <laughs> God. It's fun though. That deck is a lot of fun. You gain a ridiculous amount of life.
2: So bad. It's just so hard to finish.
0: Bit like Sex With You, eh, Travis?
2: Wow, harsh. (laughs)
0: It's better than finishing two seconds in, huh, Chris? I wouldn't know. (laughs) I've never made it that far. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. So Master Master of the Unseen also has seen some play in the sideboard of this red-white deck that we have just been talking about to give it some staying power against decks that run, you know, three Drown and Sorrow main.
1: Yes, yes. That's God. Kid, don't don't do that at home, kids. <laughs> ever. <laughs> it's really bad. Like terribly bad. But so bad. I don't think. Do you, know, do you know how bad it is? How bad it feels to be playing against a control player and cat tap three mana and Kaz of Drowned in Sorrow, and they just look at you like, I feel like you're trying to bait me. To count Waste one of my counter spells. But no one In their right mind Would ever Counter this And then I have to Explain no I'm just paying Three mana To scry one It's clearly <laughs> A very good ability
0: <laughs> Like Why can't you Just play like Bolt of Karanos, <laughs> like Which actually it. Has some value In the matchup I've played Anything Other than <laughs> that uh, Bolt it's... of Karanos Is so terrible oh God, but at least it's better than Drown and Sorrow against Control. Yeah. Now, I actually think and I could be completely off base here. In fact, I probably, probably
1: are, but go ahead.
0: I think this card has some applications in Legacy.
2: Yeah, this is what I want to hear. <laughs> Let's hear it.
0: Go on. So, I have... We, we have a, a local Legacy tournament here every Monday, and you get prizes if you put extra prizes if you play unproxied because it's proxy legacy it's not sanctioned
1: you get extra prizes yes like if you play a non-proxy deck they give you packs
0: if you place with a non-proxy deck you get extra packs yeah
1: like how many extra packs it
0: depends on how many players show up really Yep. huh so I have three unproxied decks I can run, and most of the time I've been running uh, Affinity, which, which sure. with four main deck chalices. It's the version that uh, Zach Hall, or Zach Hill, was working on. I was going to say, what if my brother had to do with this? No, there's, there's another Zach Hall, the one that scumbagged Flores at an SCG. <laughs>
1: Remember that story? That's not, that's not scumbagging. It is Flores, scumbagging. You shouldn't... Fl- well, okay... Uh, I have a story that's similar to that, that apparently a judge didn't think it was a game loss, but anyways, or that the player didn't lose, but anyways.
0: Okay, what he did was legal, but it's scumbaggy.
1: Okay, I have a question for you. If someone has a Jeskai Ascend is playing Jeskai Ascendancy Combo,
0: uh-huh.
1: and says, uh, I'm going to just loot through my entire deck, and then picks up their deck, and then just flips it over, what's your ruling there?
0: Oh... Uh, what are they doing that for?
1: Apparently, they just went through their entire deck.
0: Uh, and this is at FNM.
1: Nope, it's a competitive.
0: Uh, it's probably a GRV.
1: Well, good because the judge gave them nothing. <laughs> What? I was like, really? It's he just put his entire deck. His entire deck goes to the graveyard, and he's like, "No, oh, it's fine.
0: Don't worry
1: about it." I was like, "You? Oh my god! You can't just pick up your deck and then just pick out whatever cards you want. That's not how magic well,
0: works." Well, well, we have a feedback mechanism for other judges, don't we? I don't care
1: about feedback <laughs> mechanisms. I care about. Hey, about hey. I care about me. complaining right away. It's called instant gratification.
0: It's called instant welcome to level zero.
2: Hey Hey, I'm not a judge so I can say this was a dick move all I want
0: So here's here's the Flores story for those of you who don't know Flores is playing against Zach Hall not Travis's brother, at least I don't think so in uh, an SCG Invitational They're all cousins, right? Uh, Only the ones that are married to each other and in the Invitational Flores is playing in Legacy his cephalid breakfast combo it's a fun little deck. But yes, it is. He goes, okay, so untap in my upkeep. I can target this guy infinitely and combo off. The combo is basically Cephalid Illusionist. Anything that targets for zero, you mill your entire deck, and then you dread return the... Um, you get your knock amoebas, and then you dread return the Mimeoplasm, exiling... Lord of the Lord of Extinction, and something with haste, and then you kill them. Normally, something with haste and flying, or uh, or something with infect and trample.
1: No, you have uh, you bring back something like Lord of the Extinction. You have the enchantment from like Scourge that when it comes into play, or that when a creature with power six or greater, or something like that, comes into play, if this card's in your graveyard, attach it to it, and the enchantment gives haste, or the aura gives haste.
0: Or you could just play Anger.
1: I'm sure. I suppose you do that
0: too. It's less easy to disrupt. Um, anyway, so Flores says I can just kill you in my upkeep, and Zach g- goes, "Okay, show me." So Flores executes the combo, and then Zach says, hey. "Okay, but it's your upkeep, so now you draw and you lose."
1: And then Flores lost, and back. it was funny.
0: It is coming because normally if you're playing, against, especially against someone you know, if you're playing in a tournament and they tell you they can combo off and you say, show me, it that translates to, show me how you beat me so I know how to sideboard.
2: No. But, uh, there was also, remember when um, Hulk first, the Hulk combo deck first came out? Yep. And the the eventual winner, uh, Steve Saden. His only loss was when someone said, okay, show me the combo, and he yeah. didn't know how to
0: execute it. Yes, but in this case, Flores did show that he knew how to execute the combo. Normally, no, he
2: didn't. He didn't do it during the threat right phase.
0: Because he didn't realize that that's what was going on. The communication no, because was poor. said, I can do it in my upkeep. No, he said, so, in he my upkeep. Up- I was appropriately really punished with a loss. Anyway, he, he, he hadn't drawn yet for his turn, is the point. It was... Like, most people would not do that. Let's put it that way. Anyway in Legacy, one of the decks that I do play is Death and Taxes. Which has a miserable matchup against Miracles. And Master of the Unseen could be a sideboard card against Miracles for that deck. Yes.
2: (laughs) I am probably don't know uh, about the format to say yes or no.
1: I'll go with yes is yes I think that's right I don't know miracles could just play like I don't think they have any main deck answers for it and I don't really think you uh no I guess you'd bring an engineer explosives against that deck actually you definitely did bring a wear tear against that deck so you'd definitely do that why against uh, death and
0: taxes yeah
1: you're stupid vile I guess. I mean, getting a uh, mastery of the unseen in play would be pretty backbreaking against it.
0: Yeah, that's because again, I thinking...
1: just making two twos is quite good.
0: And they have like what four spot removal spells?
1: Uh, yeah, they have paths. No swords. Uh, yeah, that one. <laughs> the one. The one that's infinitely better. I mean,
0: obviously they play Terminus as well, but you don't really care about Terminus. In fact, you kind of like it if they Terminus you. That's not bad. So, yeah, I think I think it's a thing that I'm, I'm going to be looking at. I play the deck anyway, um, and I tend to 4 the legacy events, so I can afford to run the risk.
1: Good old Lansdale stealing all the packs from his local players.
0: Well, the thing is, I've been playing Legacy longer than anyone else locally, so I still have the knowledge advantage on the format, and in Legacy, that rewards you more than in any other format.
2: Mm,
1: I'm pretty sure just going turn one, kill you with Storm rewards you more than anything else.
2: You don't yeah, owning a full set of Force of Will rewards you more than anything
0: else. I have a full set of Force of Will, and I'm not playing them.
1: Yeah, his full set of Force of Will is super baller. And I'll judge well, playing lands in front because
2: then you're wrong No matter what you're doing
1: Yes lands in front should never be attempted While playing on camera If you're playing a deck with creatures in it Because then you're just being Obnoxious Unless when you attack you put your creatures In front of your lands In which case you should just play lands in the back You're wrong This is like 1950's Alabama And lands are People that should be sitting in the back of a bus You're
0: wrong you're just wrong. Lands in front.
1: And you're a racist.
0: <laughs> lands in front is the way I was taught to play. It's the way I'm comfortable playing, and it's the way I will continue to play. Okay, but now you, you
1: sound like a racist. Do you know how obnoxious it is to try and block lands in front?
0: Yes. Do you know how little I care? Well, that makes you a terrible human being.
1: You it know, makes you a Zach Hall.
0: No, it doesn't.
2: Like hey, your brother?
1: Are we talking about your brother again?
0: No,
2: if it was my brother, I'd probably say something more colorful. All right.
0: <laughs> See, now you're the racist. My brother. There's nothing wrong with lands in front. The people who don't like lands in front are just tilted because people are different.
1: No, it's not because they're different. It's because I'm going to block your creatures, and you're like place them in front of your lands, and then you like have your creatures in back, and they're like, "Oh, well, are you blocking this one or this one?" You're like, "Well, clearly, it's lined up with this one."
0: I don't play. I don't ever put my lands behind my creatures, even when you're blocking.
1: Yeah, I, I understand that, but if you're playing like a two-year-old kid who can hardly reach across the table, having to have to throw his cards at you. To like block the creature point, point out the creature's blocking Is a little obnoxious oh, silly,
0: Will. Like two year old kids ever block Anyway Lands in front is completely harmless Alright Would you prefer I played lands to the left And permanence to the right
1: Yeah that's perfectly well, fine As long as I can buy a two year old kid can block properly
0: People hate that by the way I tried that once and it was kind of fun It was kind of comfortable It was certainly better than lands in the back Especially oh, when I'm going
2: to do lands in a pentagram.
0: When I'm playing control decks, I hate not being able to see what lands people have untapped.
1: You can just ask them.
0: Yeah, and you can just ask me what creatures I have.
1: Uh, yes, but I, it's not the creatures you have. The only problem I have with lands in front is if I want to block a creature, I have to reach all the way across the table to do it
0: if oh, they're not at a convenient location Muffin
2: thereby they're knocking your lands off the table
0: no my lands aren't getting knocked off the table because they're in front where they should be Cheonmageddon would never have happened if that guy was playing lands in front
2: I think that's what I'm going to do to lands in pl- front players I'm going to accidentally
1: knock their lands off the table
0: how? Uh, you'd have I to knock them through the creatures
1: I, I, do, I do that on a regular what? basis I Travis, I do that. I'll admit it. I'll do that in, on a regular basis. If your lands are in front and I'm putting my creature all the way in back to block it, and my hand's going through your lands, well, then sorry, my hand's going through your lands. If your lands get thrown off, and you forget across to the them table up, or the somewhere else, I apologize. Out. My hand is going through.
0: Did you just drop the mic? No.
1: Teach the controversy, will?
0: <laughs> oh, jeez.
1: But no, like, I'm sorry. And someone got angry at me, and I'm like, oh, well, I apologize, but guess what? My sleeve got caught on, like, as I'm putting the creature down to go block, my sleeve went through his lands and, like, knocked his lands. And he's like, why are you knocking my lands? I'm like, why are your creatures in back so that I have to go through your lands to block them?
0: Are you, are you finished? Are you done? No,
1: we can go on forever. Are
0: you done? Oh, well, then allow me to retort. <laughs> I have no retort.
2: Yeah. Exactly, because you know you're wrong deep down inside what you used to have as a soul.
0: However, in in form of retort, I offer you this quote from the great bard Ms. Taylor Swift, who said, "And I quote:
1: Okay, you don't like Taylor Swift, so you can't be quoting our prophet to us if you do not worship at the feet of our prophet."
0: Haters gonna hate. Hate clearly, hate, he's not listening. Hate hate. Chris,
2: we have a blank space and we'll put your name there.
0: <laughs> what does that even mean? That's fine, just don't knock my lands in the process. Anyway, let's talk about something else that Will decided he wanted to discuss because he's on his soapbox today for some reason.
1: Uh, I'm always on my soapbox today.
0: So, Will, what makes a mythic mythic?
1: An ability... Okay, so... It, I admittedly I wasn't playing in Alara, so I didn't go through the whole like oh look we introduced mythics wait. and exploit.
0: Wait 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 but, wait wait wait. You weren't playing in Alara block.
1: That is correct.
0: When they invented Jund That
1: is also correct. He's kind of late to the party.
0: I feel like you should be disqualified.
1: He's a convert.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: That would be like Travis saying he's never cast an Aurelius Fury.
1: <laughs> well, I, for his sake, I
0: hope that's true.
2: <laughs> the bone is real. I don't know if I ever actually have cast it. I've actually put it in decks, but I've never cast it.
0: Oh my god, you see... Are is, you serious? This is the difference oh between god. me and you two clowns. I actually play the nonsense I talk about.
1: Uh, I play John I, I, all I, I, the I time.
2: You hope I never
0: drew it. Wow. Just wow.
1: I play Jund all the time. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but, but you weren't true. playing
0: Jund before it was cool.
1: Uh, playing Jund has always been cool. There's never a moment it was uncool.
0: You keep telling yourself that.
1: I will keep telling myself that.
0: So, you were saying about mythics.
1: Yes, so I wasn't around for Lara and that. So, I don't know the exact reason, and you can correct me if I'm completely wrong. But to me, the reason... Well, at least the reason they invented Mythics is because clearly there were rares that were better than other rares. So by making them Mythic, it would make it that it was rarer for it to show up in the draft format than rares. Also, it would make Planeswalkers slightly special because they were rarer than other
0: cards. This is me correcting you because you're wrong.
1: Okay, well, so go ahead.
0: Mythics were created for several reasons. One of which was that other TCGs had a rarity that was more than rare uh, that was making a product sell better on the shelves, and Magic was like, cool, let's do that. Also, Mythics were created to enable them to print things that they couldn't currently print. Like? Stuff that's too powerful to be seen as often as a rare.
1: Well, I had that part right.
0: Yeah, kind of. But the main driving force was that, hey, other TCGs are doing this, and it works really well. And we should probably get in on that.
2: Then it also allowed them seriously.
0: because the
1: the, other TCGs had
0: a uh, like. Oh my god! That's really what he, that's what Mara said on his uh, one of his podcasts. Anyway, And if it anybody would know,
2: stop making like four hundred card sets and go to two hundred card sets and still have as a, a chase experience.
0: Something like that. It, it, it's to increase... I, I mean, it impresses collectors, too, if, if it's harder for them to collect the whole set, right? Yeah, a little bit. Yes. Anyway, neither here nor there. Continue with okay. your story, William. Okay.
1: So, I think a Mythic should be... Regardless of why they were introduced, now that they're at the point, so these cards should clearly be better than other cards. And should... If you're playing a Mythic, it should be playable in limited, it should have some effect in limited uh, that's just kind of black breaking I mean, not every mythic will be played in standard, obviously. Like, Giant Adipage is fantastic in limited, but clearly not very good in standard, or constructed. And yet, they, like, print these mythics that are just god-awful terrible, they could just be rares, and it would have the exact same effect, because one... No one would care if they showed up in Limited, because they would never be played. And two casual people would be able to get their hands on them more easily. So that would be cool for them as well.
0: So I take it this whole rant has been prompted by a specific card, but we'll get to that in a second. The okay. The Mythics, when they were initially created, if I've read the article correctly, and I'm pretty sure I have, mm-hmm. were created, um, and they was it was said that they weren't always going to be, f- must have four of in every deck. Some of them would be tournament quality, but like any rarity, some of them would be cool storyline cards. A lot of the all of the planeswalkers would be mythic. All the, there'll be a lot of legendary creatures at mythic. It would be cool and unique effects. Things like Mist Hollow Griffin, I believe, was a mythic, right?
1: Yeah, which is uh, basically it's and Torrent Elemental essentially falls into the same category. right? Yep. it's an effect that's I guess is not really unique if there's two cards that have
0: it. Well, no, but it's weird, it's unusual No, it is, and
1: like those cards, I'm fine with being mythic, essentially because they're much harder to get rid of than kind of normal cards, and if somehow, like generally the, the way that you think of magic is if a card is exiled, you've gone rid of the game, you've got it out of the game forever you no longer have to deal with it and these cards kind of break that rule so you don't want too many, but like that effect is really powerful
0: so let me ask you a question. Sure. If biorhythm were printed today, would it be mythic? No, it would be rare. No, it would be mythic.
1: How would it be a mythic?
0: Because it says you win the game on it. No, it doesn't. It might as well. It's a it's an effect that nothing else can do.
2: Okay. How about let me ask you a question. How about this? Both of you, tell me what you think is an ideal mythic that's already
0: been printed. Current elemental. Come on, Will. Come
1: on. I mean. What did you say? You cut out, sorry.
0: Ignore the planeswalkers. All of the planeswalkers, we would all agree, I think, have to be mythic.
1: Yeah, even yeah. to both.
0: But all right, what, what would you consider a perfect uh, mythic then, Will?
1: Like that's been printed? Yes. Olivia Voldaren. Why? Because that is a card that wins you the game.
0: Okay, but so does. Should, correct, but
1: there's but there's no condition to it. It's a three-three flyer for four that, if not dealt with, and they have no real, way of blocking, wins you the game. So it's a to start off with, it's a creature that has an effect that wins you the game, or it's a creature that the creatures can win you the game.
0: Right, but the entire secondly,
1: s- it has an ability that gets rid of your opponent's creatures. Which puts you even more over the top to win but the game. You're,
0: you're looking at this as only a tournament player. The, they're not printing these for tournament players. Mythics are not meant to be cards that just always win you the game.
1: Alright, well then something like Uriel the Miststalker. That I consider to be a
0: mythic. What about Wildfire?
1: That would be a mythic as well.
0: Right. So why is this any different? But for, the, for those who don't know, we're talking about Shaman of the Lost Ways.
1: Actually, I'll give you an example. Because so, we're not going to talk about spoilers. So I'm going to give you an example that is essentially even better than this. And I'm not talking about the mythics from like the FT, from the front, the front of the vault set. Because clearly, Kurt Ape is not a mythic, nor is Wall of Blossoms a mythic. <laughs> but there, there are mythics in those
0: sets. Also, Wall of Blossoms, one of my favorite cards ever. Just saying.
1: Oh, me too. If they were printed out, I would be so happy. For some but, reason, like,
0: I like it so much better than Wall of Omens as well.
1: Oh, it's infinitely better than Wall of Ovens. It's (laughs) not even close. Okay.
0: Is that because you can play it in (laughs) Jund?
1: You can play it in Jund. Alright, but the card I'm going to give you instead is Archangel's Light.
0: Okay. That's a mythic.
1: It is. So for people that don't know what it does, it's seven and one white mana. You gain two life for each card in your graveyard. Then shuffle your graveyard into your library.
2: Uh-huh. So it's poop
0: <laughs> So this will come as a surprise to nobody I have played this card in more than one deck uh, In standard
1: No one's surprised
0: It was TurboFog. It fog. makes
1: me hurt for you Chris
0: It was Turbo Fog It's, <laughs> it's So bad but, Hey I finished okay. one tournament going 1-0-4
1: <laughs> yeah and you should be real and proud of that
0: I am
1: I know that's what makes it very sad
0: I was undefeated <laughs> <laughs> Including one round we drew in zero
1: <laughs> Okay If this card was a rare It would still make total sense as a rare <sighs> It's a strong ability And yeah
0: The thing is, as a rare, then you run into the opposite problem of that powerful cards, in that if people open this as a rare, they'd be pissed off.
1: Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm much more pissed off, see, because I was going to bring this up, I'm much more pissed off if I open that as a mythic, whereas the other guy opening a mythic gets a planeswalker, or gets a card that he auto-plays and wins.
0: Okay, but what's the difference between opening that as a mythic and opening wildfire, which we all agree is a mythic? In fact, we all agree this this is a mythic. How is this a mythic?
1: Like, what makes this a mythic? Okay.
0: Somber Wild Sage.
1: Uh, yes, that's the one that adds three mana to stuff. Of
0: any course. one color, it's a zero yeah. one, and that's its only ability. That was a rare. Yes. This card is miles better than Somber Wild Sage. Mm-hmm. Archangel's well, Light
1: No. How is Archangel's Light Miles better than Sobberwolves?
0: We're talking about...
1: Sobberwolves past Crater of Behemoth. Which is the sole reason why it was rare. Yeah.
0: No. It was rare because it did something similar to Black Lotus. That's why it was rare. We're talking about Shaman of the Lost Ways. I know we don't normally do spoilers, but this card... We're not talking about how good the card is. We're talking about why it's a mythic. It's a mythic because it's better than a card that did something similar that was a rare. The
2: because only reason this the only reason the card you are you guys are arguing about should possibly be considered a mythic is because of the last ability that's absolutely stupid and irrelevant.
0: It's not irrelevant.
1: It's stupid and irrelevant.
0: It's really easy for green decks to get to eleven mana and standard right now. It happens all the time.
1: But if they don't have 8 power in play then it's just a worse slumber I'll
0: I've got news for you. If they have 11 power and green devotion, if they have 11 mana and green devotion, they have 8 power.
2: Okay, here's the other problem. If you have and 11 have- mana and 8 power, you should already be
1: winning. No, no. Yes, that's it. Here's the other problem I have with that card. If you have so much Creatures in green devotion, which green devotion don't to like explode their board, then you're just already winning. I don't understand why you have this card in play to like activate biorhythm on it. Okay, I don't understand why they threw biorhythm onto a
0: card. A like friend of mine thing. explained this the best way I've ever heard. That card, you ignore the last ability. The last ability is like when you're walking down the street and you find a $20 bill on the ground. Who's throwing 20s out? Idiots. The thing is, the card is very good as is. Sombra Wild Sage saw play. This card is better than Sumberwald's Age. It makes two different colors of mana if you need it to. It enables splashes, it beats for two, and it still does everything that Wall did. So if it's better than a card that was printed at rare, and it has another ability, which only one other card in Magic does, and that ability costs 11 mana, it has to be Mythic.
2: What does it have to
0: be? I, I don't. Th- I think I don't know how you can print this in anything but myth- mythic. Oh, nobody thinks it's common or uncommon.
1: By that logic, if you had a card that was archivist, but well, actually, let's say archivist. Wait, what? You the, mean archivist.
0: archivist.
1: No archivist.
0: Uh, is he dating Betty Viston or Veronica Vist?
1: <laughs> Anyways, so it's a one-one for four mana. Tabit draw card. Now, if that card, if they reprinted that card, but that card at the bottom of it had an ability that for, I don't know, 14 mana, uh, that I don't know what the requirement, let's say it has Ferocious or whatever the weird Ferocious is with 8 mana, and it did Enter the Infinite. Does that make that mythic?
0: Yes! Absolutely! Are you kidding? you put Enter the Infinite on anything you have to make it mythic? It's not about how good the card is, it's, it's about the size of the effect.
1: I don't understand why... Th- I, the other thing is, I don't understand why they're throwing Biorhythm on a card. Like, Biorhythm is banned in EDH, so this card's just going to be banned in EDH, so I don't understand, like, what the uh, what the appeal is I don't to think this. it is, it's, because it's, Biorhythm... I
2: need to cost 11, I mean, were they testing it at, like, 9 8 <laughs> be like oh my it has to be 11
0: that's that's a completely different discussion
2: like, it feels completely random <laughs> i
0: i agree with that however the what's, costing what's
2: the stupidest number we could put on there bill I let's mean, make it 11
0: rhythm cost 8 right yeah so i mean if you put it on a creature where you have access to it more than once, I guess it has to be more than eight. I guess they started at nine, and it was like, no, this is too... Bl- I don't know. Anyway, that's not really relevant to the point. The point is, if you put a huge effect like that, that is pro- arguably mythic anyway, onto a card that is already better than a baseline rare, you're making a mythic. That's all there is to it.
1: Okay, how upset is everyone who opens this card? I'm, I'm like, gonna on a be scale from... Extremely upset to really unbelievably going to murder someone pissed off. I'm
2: going to be playing it in standard. How how much does Archangel's Light cost to cast, Chris? Eight? Eight?
0: (laughs) So (laughs) So if they had
2: some creature, I'm going to make a (laughs) three-mana creature, put a 12-mana Archangel's Light on it, (laughs) boom, mythic, there you go.
0: No. (laughs) The creature would already have to be a base. Like You can't just put it on a vanilla 1-1. That's probably a rare.
1: Okay, then I'll put it on, like, a, a three-mana Withered Wayfair. What if you put it on... Okay, what if you put it on Sarah's Ascendant?
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> Hello, Mythic took hit. How is that not Mythic? I, what's
1: a frickin' white rare that does something? <laughs> <laughs> Let me go through it. I can't think of a stupid oh white rare that, like, does something. Wait, let's see.
0: There are no. some Holy cards wh- that have been printed at Mythic that I thought... Shouldn't have been mythic, and some cards at rare that I sh- thought should have been mythic,
1: like Packrat.
0: <laughs> now Packrat should have been not existent. Although I think you'll find I did call that card as being constructed bomb. I think. How can I? I think.
1: How can I not think of a white rare? This <laughs> is uh, going really badly.
0: Mirren Crusade is a white rare.
1: Oh no! That's just that's just dumb. Uh, here, what does this do? Sunscorcher Regent. Uh
0: what? Oh, that's the new um, one. That's actually quite okay. a good card, but we'll get to that later.
1: That's a bad example. Let me go find cards that are actually exist. Good luck. This is the last... fate? I actually pulled out seven mythics that are, like... Questionable? Well, not questionable, but basically fall into... Okay, seriously, how is it this hard to find a freaking white creature that's rare? <laughs> like, it cannot be this hard. Racist. If we put it on... Uh, no, Dragon Bell Monk is a common. <laughs> not a good example. Uh, okay, if we put it on Dragon Scale General. Okay. You so, Dragon Scale General is the same card as now, but it has, what is it, 13 mana, 14 mana, no, Archangel's Light. 11
0: mana, Archangel's Light. Okay.
1: That makes it mythic.
0: I mean, I'm not sure how those two synergize exactly.
1: Doesn't matter. <laughs> that makes it mythic.
0: I would call that a mythic, yes.
1: Would you not be incredibly pissed off to be opening that as a mythic? Yes, but that doesn't mean sold? that
0: it shouldn't be mythic. I was incredibly pissed off to open Tybalt as well. Well, okay, see,
1: then here's getting to the next point, right? If we're 100% guaranteed it has to be a mythic, why are you making this card? Because no one wants it as a mythic. I want it. No, you. No one wants it. Like, if you were to make this basically be a 1-1 that costs 8 mana... That had that ability on it and called it a rare, everyone would be equally as
0: happy. Uh, no, because I'm actually going to play this in standard. I wouldn't well, play an 8 play mana. Card. You can not, play that in standard. I'm not playing 8 devotion. mana for something that taps for 2. Oh. Then great we're in the Lotus makes, Guardian territory.
1: Great, great Devotion makes infinite. Okay, what about this? If you had Monastery Mentor and you put 15 mana Archangel's Light on it, does that make that a
0: mythic? Um, well. Monastery Mentor
1: is a mythic.
0: <laughs>
1: My point exactly. <laughs> okay, so... Yes, by,
0: by putting a mythic spell <laughs> on a mythic creature, you magically make it rare. You might. <laughs> it
1: makes sense to me. Okay, so the seven cards that I pulled out, Archangel's Lay is one of them. The second one is Hellvault, which is mythic only because it's Hellvault and it's part of the storyline, but Correct. otherwise... Yeah, like,
0: but that's why paint. it's mythic.
1: Paying 10 mana to start (laughs) to attack a creature creatures is not fantastic, especially if your opponent has a mist hollow griffin in it.
0: (laughs) But that is part of one of the things they said was going to be mythic. Storyline cards.
1: Yeah, so I'll I'll give them a pass for storyline cards, even though not a mythic. Uh, Grimoire of the Dead.
0: (laughs) Storyline card.
1: (laughs) Grimoire of the Dead's in the story? Yep. Well, uh, it's a a legendary artifact. Also terrible, (laughs) though.
0: It's living death.
1: Uh, that's not a mythic. Unless you have From the Vaults 20, I think it is. The card's not a mythic. Okay, if you had uh, Gloom Surgeon and you put Living Death on it, does that make that a mythic? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Gloom Surgeon. Wow, that card is so terrible.
1: Right, not a mythic. There <laughs> we go, point proven. I finally found the one creature. <laughs> Chris can agree.
0: I never said Living Death was mythic, though. It's not.
1: You have a ra- Hey, Biorhythm and Sombra Sage... reason that of us worked in design. <laughs> Biorhythm and Somberwall Sage are both rares. Yes, but... Well, Gloom Surgeon and Living Death are both rares.
0: God. But Biorhythm was printed before Mythic, so was Living Death. Sombra Sage wasn't. It's not a Mythic, but this is better than Sombra Wild so Sage. You're, you're proving my point. I don't, you don't have a point! Yes,
1: Sombra Sage and... Gloom Surgeon were both rares, printing when mythics were around. Right. Biorhythm and Living Death were both rares when mythics were not around.
0: Right. But, Somberwild, S- this is better than Somberwild Sage. It's, no, it's a That's worse. It-, it adds one less mana. It doesn't cast Craterhoof Behemoth in oh, standard. Oh my god. Nothing casts Craterhoof Behemoth in standard.
1: Well, see, clearly it's worse than Somberwild Sage. But,
0: it does give you two mana of any color. Wild Sage was limited to one color. Also, it could not attack. But it
1: gave you Black Lotus. Well,
0: no, correction. It could attack. It didn't deal damage
1: (laughs) It gave you Black Lotus No it didn't Yeah it did, it gave you 3 mana For creatures only Well sorry, but fine, Black Mana for creatures only Wow That's kind of like how Lion's Eye Diamond has a huge drawback That you have to discard your hand
0: Alright let's discard this argument
1: Alright, next mythic Hellcarver Demon
0: (laughs) Okay, congratulations I don't know what that card does
1: Really? Okay, so I'll agree the effect is mythic, but it's like, can be really bad. It's a 6 mana, 6-6 six, six flying. From Rise of the El-Jajsi. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, sacrifice all of the permits you control and discard your hand. Exile the top six cards of your library. You may cast any number of nonline cards without exile this way without paying their mana costs. Okay,
0: how is that not a mythic again?
1: No, I agree. The ability on it is mythic because it's like rare and never before seen. It's just really terrible because can't are you playing terrible cards you in need, this deck.
0: You need to get out of the mindset that being a terrible card matters. It doesn't. It doesn't matter if the card is good or bad. It's the effect that you're talking about. Let's move along, shall we? Yes. (laughs) Travis is like, it's just like Gloom Surgeon all over again. I hate when Mommy and Daddy fight.
2: No, I would just prefer to see you guys, you know, argue this in person so you can pull a knives and go at it hardcore.
0: Please. Also,
2: apparently, Narset is autistic. Really? Said Doug Baer put it on this uh, Tumblr article today that she is on the autism spectrum.
0: That's fascinating. I've, uh, I, I, I mean, okay. Controversial point. The controversial point of view incoming. I feel like they're kind of forcing some of this. I don't know if that makes any sense.
2: It does seem that they're they're taking a lot of unique perspectives from character point of views. I won't even say unique. A lot of... unusual. For the game, not for life. That's not even... It's like like someone got in and said, okay, we need to make sure we hit all these marks.
0: Yeah. That's kind of it. Kind of where I am with this. But what I'm thinking about more is like, okay, Alesha is the first trans character in Magic. I have... I'm I'm very glad that the game we play is making an effort to be inclusive and, you know, know, making its players who are trans or who identify as trans feel welcomed because there are characters in the game that are like them. But is that really relevant to the storyline? Does it, does it, I mean, it adds depth to a character, yes. But how would we have known any of this if it hadn't been in Doug Byer's blog or in an article or on Tumblr. Same with Narset being on the autism spectrum. It's awesome that they feel that they can put this stuff in the game. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying why? Aren't you just reaching at this point? Aren't you just... It feels like they're almost trying too hard to make people feel included. Does that make any sense? Uh, hear what you're saying. I... Uh. See, it's. I know, it's, it's really hard. It's a hard one because, like, how do you even. I mean, if that's the character,
2: that's the character. I, I don't know. I don't know. Looking at it from the perspective of someone who dabbles in fiction on occasion, I mean, if that's just the way the character is, I don't necessarily. I mean, it's one of those things we have to see what's behind the scenes. Are they being told to. To specifically branch out into, um, minority isn't the right word.
0: Well, no, it is. They that that would be considered a minority. Somebody with a a, a mental challenge, right? Like a. I I know what you're saying, and it's it's a tough one to address without sounding like an insensitive asshole. And I don't want to sound like an insensitive asshole. I'm not saying this is
2: like asshole.
0: I don't. I'm not saying this is a bad thing or that they shouldn't be doing it. All I'm saying is, since Theros came out, we've had a non-binary gender. So we've we've had Magic's first gay couple in Guardians of Miletus. We had Ashiok, who's the first non-binary gender, or even doesn't identify with the gender. We had Alesha, the first trans character. And now we have the first, or presumably the first, um, autistic character. And... It, it all seems rushed, you know. Why couldn't they retroactively go back and say, "Hey, you know what? Mary was a lesbian, or uh, Hannah was autistic, or something like that." You know, it's always its all almost as if they got a positive reaction to one of these inclusive characters, and now they're just going throw them all in. Let's throw everything into the mix and see what sticks.
1: Yeah, I, I feel, feel like opting could come across as negative here, but it's kind of knowing certain people that I know in the community, it's kind of this is what they clamor for. It Like, I don't know. it. What's the word? It kind of like justifies their point of view. And the more you kind of throw on the fire, the more it justifies their point of view. So I think the people that kind of wanted this are very vocal about it. Are very much in favor of kind of doing it this way because it's just throwing more and more on to, like, justify their point of view.
0: I mean, Magic has done a lot of things that I really, really appreciate. For example, if you play a game of League of Legends and you're staring at the loading screen for a few minutes and any female character in the game has a ginormous set of tits blasting in your face in impractical armor, Magic so every, has... Hmm?
1: Every ca- female character? Virtually and every Legends. character.
0: Yes. Almost every one. Magic has gone a long way to try and eliminate that from the game recently.
1: I mean, I think the other thing is they. Wizard seems very reluctant to talk about Dominaria and go back to Dominaria. And I think one of the reasons is because you have a lot of players that did not play back then, so they don't necessarily know the story, and especially people that kind of follow the story in Magic, the current story, that don't know about that one. If you're like, oh, this person kind of was this, or this person was that, then they're kind of lost because... I mean, these characters are no longer part of the main storyline of Magic, or at least the kind of the Planeswalker storyline of Magic. Yeah. So it gets lost in the shuffle.
0: Well, the other thing I kind of worry about is, okay, we've now had gay characters, albeit in statues, uh, and trans and all this, and that's great, and it makes people feel included. What we might be doing, though, is opening ourselves up to Why are there no black characters? Why are there no Latino characters? Why are there no... Well, there are tons of Asians now in this set.
1: Pretty sure Koth is all about being black. Uh,
0: We haven't had a really heavy black influence set, and I don't mean black the color of magic, since Visions and and the Weatherlight saga.
1: Well, we got a phone to them. Also, Karn's pretty black. No. Yeah, he's got he's got a bunch of daddy issues, and he's not a stripper, so.
0: I mean, I hear what you're saying, Will, but I've never seen Khan eating watermelon or fried chicken. <laughs> no, but you get what I'm saying. Like,
2: I think it's I think it's great that they're doing this. I do get what you're saying that it feels it feels almost like it's rushed. Yes. Like they're just like you said, they're throwing everything in the kitchen, but uh, the kitchen sink in. Um, and it's almost like it's. It's not so much of this rest. It almost feels like it doesn't have a nuance.
0: And it's forced.
2: I'm you also. Like I, you there. can't determine if it's forced unless you.
1: I'm also very disappointed. They continue to uh, clearly be boycotting and omitting polar bears for magic. Very, I really think, think that, right that this is a travesty that needs to be corrected.
0: No, but when you start including groups, uh, uh, you know, equity-seeking groups, you run the risk of alienating those you haven't included yet.
1: I mean, that's kind of more a discussion for, I guess, it kind of goes to, like, geek culture, right? Where if you look at geek culture, you have a bunch of, you know, white males that very much, like, anything that's different from that... Uh, is just, there's a group of people that unfortunately want to keep kind of geek culture within like their white male domain and they'll go out of their way to just be a-holes, uh, for lack of a better word, so, to people. So I think, I think the one thing that this kind of bombardment does is if, if they just do one thing, then you know, some people can just kind of like sweep it onto the rug and it's not that big a deal, but if you basically just kind of like assault the senses of these character of these people that are very reluctant uh for change and very unwilling to kind of accept anything that's different, then you basically tell them, look, this is how it is, and we're not gonna kinda of put up with your crap of being, you know, judgmental or non inclusive, and you know, Magic is very much willing to support anyone that wants to play magic, so deal with it.
0: I really like that aspect of it, that they are doing everything they can to increase tolerance. I really like that. It was an interesting discussion I had and I don't remember when it was about minority groups and how they've been represented in the pro ranks. Uh, if you look at it, how many gay pros, openly gay pros have there been? Many are you know, I, I, there. To, to be honest, I don't know of any. and uh, you know I'm more than open to discussion on this oh,
2: let's make make sure you don't out anyone by accident
0: oh, well, I can't because I, I honestly don't know of anybody yeah, uh, that,
1: Travis isn't a pro so
0: women like one woman has ever top aided a Pro Tour several have top aided a GP nobody has won an event though no woman has won a major event and uh, well the best would be I guess like some have run SCG opens um I was trying to think of how many black players have top-aided a Pro Tour. And I stopped at five. I don't think I can go past five. Like, Cedric Phillips, uh, Guillaume Wafotapa, David Williams, Osip Lebedovic, and Justin Cohen.
2: Is Justin the guy who just came in second?
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, like, you can't really throw Willie Adel in there. He's Latino. Those are the five I came up with. And if there are more, by all means, enlighten me.
1: Uh, Off the top of my head, I probably couldn't... uh, I mean, I'm sure there's probably other ones that were missing.
0: I I find it very interesting that magic is overrepresented in terms of proportionality for a lot of minority groups. Not so much for black people, but if you look at the number of transgender people who play and judge magic the proportions of that to the magic playing community is off the charts compared with society as a whole
1: oh I, I agree I, I was actually quite surprised uh, to kind of sort of find
0: that out and again it's not bad, it's a fact that's just truth and I, I'm not sure why that is and I don't particularly think it matters but I just find it really interesting anyway that's a, a small tangent Let's move on to a random moment of Giggory Well, go. Uh,
1: I'm going to actually keep mine kind of short and sweet. I'm. Uh, it's a picture that I chose simply for the fact that uh, Chris would appreciate, and I put it up in the Facebook chat, c- chat, Chris, for you to appreciate. So I'll let you give you a second to look it over. Oh, dear lord. Don't worry, it's actually nothing bad.
0: I'm already looking at it.
1: Oh, okay. So it's a picture of a wrestling university in Japan. Oh,
0: no. Which basically
1: <laughs> looks like... Probably the greatest place ever to go to We're university. There are masked
2: men in that room.
0: <laughs> oh, dear God.
1: I was gonna go with, like, this rock that looks like an elephant in New Zealand, or the tallest palm tree in the world, or something... Uh, that disparages Travis in some way But, you know I instead decided to go with Wrestling University
0: Uh-huh
1: Also, I'm pretty sure that I had another one And forgot it
0: Good Travis, your moment of geekery My moment
2: of geekery is Go out, get on YouTube And find the uh, third trailer for the Avengers
0: Movie, the sequel I don't actually care for
2: these trailers This one is the best for uh, the Age of Ultron they've put out yet, it's really good
1: Calm down Oh, Also my moment of geekery is it's spoiler season and it's fantastic I love spoiler season It's the best
0: It makes being on
1: Twitter the best thing possible Mm, No, because we have to put up with you
0: I actually hate spoiler season on social media
1: Oh, I don't care about... I, I don't actually care about what social media puts up and don't really look at it. I just care about like going to Daily MTG when they load up the new set of articles and reading through the articles to find out like set creation and stuff like that, and at the end, seeing a card and be like, wow, that's terrible, or wow, that's insane.
2: No, The spoiler season on social media is great because then you can go back three months later and pull up the tweet where someone like Jason said... Deathrite Shaman was unplayable and rub it in his face
1: until he turns green. Who said well, Deathrite Shaman a,
0: was unplayable?
1: Real evil genius. Uh. In all fairness, he's right. Deathrite Shaman is unplayable in modern.
0: And standard.
1: And standard.
0: Yep. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I know a guy who said that uh, Aurelius Fury was going to be great.
1: True is story.
0: It's still, it's still got time. So, in the spirit of Will's moment of geekery, I found me. a video... This oh, John
1: Stewart week. was also on Monday Night Raw. That yes, was he was, sweet. and it was also... Awesome. Probably sweet. I haven't seen him, but it's probably sweet.
0: I found a video this week that has had me laughing like crazy. Uh, it's a guy giving his girlfriend WWE finishes into a swimming pool. <laughs> and it's hilarious I used to do this
2: with my uh, siblings
0: didn't we all (laughs) this is so good (laughs) anyway you need to watch this if you have any interest in wrestling or people getting thrown into swimming pools and I should note that the girl is a willing participant she is not being abused in any way oh sure you say that now oh shut up Travis I think mean, that's just something we should all say. Also, how awesome is Rhonda Rousey? She is very good. I would not want to fight her. I mean, the the woman she was fighting is like, I bet you she's weak against somebody charging her. And Ronda's like, Nope, you're just
2: dead. She was like lol.
0: Nice try, sis. And good
2: night. Well, I mean, she didn't say goodnight. She didn't make her go to sleep. She just broke twisted her arm. her arm in a way in which it is not advisable to be twisted.
0: That, that looked really nasty. A little nastier than a normal armbar. Anyway, it was really good to watch. Uh, the fact that it could be put on the vine is just hilarious and probably cost the uh, UFC a ton of money. As you can tell, I'm totally dist- devastated by this. Yes. Anyway, on that note... Let's,
1: uh, Actually, before we leave, I one more uh, mythic to, uh, to add fuel to the fire. Uh, male Forger? You know, just saying. With a name as terrible as Male Forger, probably shouldn't be mythic. The
0: fact that you are obsessed with males is coming through in the fact that you keep calling Malfagor Male Forger.
1: For sure, the name's Male Forger. Just saying.
0: I think I think well if we ask Travis he will back me up that you are in fact obsessed with males.
1: <laughs> we should probably never ask Travis any questions about is, such things.
2: As we uh we all discussed on the last podcast, he's obsessed with my penis. Both of you are.
0: I think you're wrong. I think he's obsessed with trying to find your penis.
2: Well, I mean, I know it's big, but finding it from Vancouver is going to be difficult.
0: Who the hell's in Vancouver?
2: <laughs> Travis in Geography. You go him. That's like the only place I know in Canada.
0: Really? Wasn't your brother just in Canada in a place that isn't Vancouver?
2: Um, he may have been, yes. But that was my brother there, not me.
0: On that note, let's wrap this baby up. So, for Will and for Travis, this is Chris saying, join us again next time for another exciting episode of Horde of Notion."
1: Mr. Lansdale's Cajun Alligate Bits, now available in stores.
0: I'm waking up to ash and dust. I wipe my brow and I sweat in my rust. I'm breathing in the kind <sighs> of